My name is Rusty Turner. I'm the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and welcome to the weekly Know the News podcast. Ten years ago this week, a huge tornado tore through Joplin, Missouri, leaving in its wake a wide swath of death and destruction. 161 people were killed and hundreds more injured. Scores of homes, apartments, places of business, and even a hospital were destroyed. It was one of the most devastating storms in U.S. history. However, within hours, people from across northwest Arkansas responded to the tragedy by flocking north to assist their neighbors in need. In today's Know the News podcast, we'll talk about the storm and its aftermath with someone who lived through it, and we'll preview a package of stories and photos we'll publish Saturday online and in our replica edition, recalling those events in Joplin 10 years ago. In a few minutes, I'll preview some of the other terrific content we have for you this weekend, but first we'll talk about what happened in Joplin on May 22nd, 2011. Joining me today is Spencer Tyree. He's the newspaper's photo editor, and he also serves as our producer on these podcasts. Welcome, Spencer. Hello. And uh, Spencer, I know that uh, you just happened to be visiting in Joplin the night of that awful storm in May 2011. What, uh, What can you tell us about what you remember from that night? Um, well, I had gone up there because at the time I was dating someone in Joplin and I had gone up there for the, for the weekend. Um, and we had just finished eating on the television at the restaurant. Uh, the weather bulletin came up saying that there was a tornado warning. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that I remember from that night. Um, one of the things that was striking was how placid we were about the warning. We really didn't think much of it as just another tornado, you know, alarm that went off that we just weren't thinking was that bad. Then as we were going home, we saw the storm coming and heard the the sirens and stuff, but it, you just didn't see the tornado. That's one of the things that I think most people don't understand is that we, we drove down a range line and looked to our west and all we saw were just black clouds. Uh, it didn't have that funnel that everybody is so used to seeing. It just looked like a big black cloud. Um, and later on, we realized uh, that it was the tornado itself was inside of that cloud. And that's one of the things that I think it's just, it's just striking to realize that you're looking at something that you just don't realize is that big. And uh, how, at what point did you realize something really serious was going on? When we were driving back, we almost turned down 24th Street, which is where the high school was. And uh, when we stopped at the light, this is that's the way we usually go. Um, uh, Cindy uh, decided that the not to turn that direction, which probably saved our lives because we went on down Range Line and we turned at 32nd Street. We saw that the wind was going our same direction. And I remember telling Cindy, that's an updraft. That means that the wind's going toward that storm. And, um, and she kind of went, that's a tornado then. And I said, possibly. And then we, but we're looking right in front of us, and all we see is the black. It looks like a rain, rain coming toward us. Um, and when we got to South Main, and the cloud is right in front of us to my right, and as we turn... I kind of watch it, and then we go down to 30, I think it's 38th Street is where she lived off of. When we turn there, I could see billowing clouds Mm -hmm. um, to my right, and we get to her house, and electricity's out. 
she immediately finds a radio with, a, with batteries and turns it on. And you have to remember, we came down range line from the mall. Uh, so we passed the Pizza Hut, the, the McDonald's, the uh, Walmart, the Lowe's, the Home Depot. We passed all of these, these stores. And as she turns the radio on after a couple of minutes, uh, we hear a guy and says that a tornado's hit Joplin. Um, and the guy is on his mobile phone. And he is uh, talking to the person on the radio, and he's saying, he starts saying things like, I'm, I'm here at the, at the Lowe's, and there are portable buildings tipped over, and, and I'm going toward Home Depot. And then he starts saying things like, oh, my gosh, the Pizza Hut's gone. The Home Depot is destroyed. And, and I remember watching Cindy, and she's just kind of like in awe, and I went, oh, you know, I've been to a lot of tornadoes over the years. Um, covering what we do, and uh, I thought that's that's he, when he's saying gone, he might not mean it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, later, he was right. Yeah, they were destroyed. So, and you had just been there minutes before. We had just been there minutes before. We had turned down Range Line going south, and then we took a a right away so, from the storm. Uh, yeah. Well, no, we would have gone parallel to it. Yeah. Okay. We basically were at the south side of the storm as it was coming through, but it hadn't reached us yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it hit the intersection at South Main and 30, uh, 32nd Street, or, yeah, 32nd mm-hmm. Street. It hit that intersection shortly, probably minutes after we turned r- left. Wow. And when we got back to that intersection, because I, I was concerned, I didn't want, we've been to enough tornadoes and stuff that you know mm-hmm. that they need to get emergency people in. Mm-hmm. I thought it wasn't that bad. But I, I, and I said, let, you know, I didn't have my cameras with me, mm-hmm. was the strange thing. I had gone up there Saturday thinking I was going to have dinner with her, and then I was coming, supposed to come back down here to, uh, to see, I think Zach Lair was, was leaving our mm-hmm. paper, mm-hmm. and we were having a party for him on Sunday. And um, when, uh, when it all happened, it was like, I don't have any cameras with me. So I, I don't see, I was kind of hesitant to get out, right then and there but she needed to get across town because she ran um she ran these homes for uh disabled Mm -hmm. and she needed to get she wanted to get to her office and as we went back up uh that's where we saw the intersection we had turned on there was there were literally two by fours stuck in the buildings around that intersection and um and we looked up main street because a cop was waving us away he wouldn't let us go through Mm -hmm. And I told her, go ahead and turn left toward where we had seen the storm coming. Uh, and as I looked down Main, I realized that all the buildings down on South Main were gone. So I told her real quickly to take a right back into the neighborhood because the cop had not let us gone up Main, but he let us, but as we went down a little ways, there was other roads going into that neighborhood. And as we drove in, we could see that the houses were damaged right there. Um, but as we went farther in where... The house might have had some windows blown out and everything. You slowly started realizing that there were roofs gone. And people were walking around. A lot, some of them were injured. Mm-hmm. There were roofs gone. And then as we went deeper in, you realized there, the houses were gone. Yeah. Uh, and that went all the way to 24th Street. And we got to 24th Street, and that's where um, we got to an intersection where there was a telephone pole, and there was a car literally wrapped around the telephone pole. Mm-hmm. Give, give us some sense of the of the amount of time that had elapsed from 
when you left the restaurant where you were having dinner and the sirens were going on, starting to go off, and at this point, how how, long, how much time had it elapsed? I really, yeah. that would be hard to yeah. gauge. It probably maybe forty minutes. Wow. Um, yeah. And then um, yeah, and then when we got to the intersection, Cindy was lived in that neighborhood, and she started not being able to realize what roads we were on because you couldn't see any signs, mm-hmm. and so she was trying to get over to her office and she couldn't. Yeah, it, was, it was hard to navigate because all the landmarks were gone. Right. And we yeah. had some people run up to us that she knew, that was nurses, and they asked to be, um, that they were apparently called in, and they needed to go to the hospital. Um, and as we were getting them in the car, another guy came up to us and said, you, uh, do you live here and stuff? And we said, yeah. And he asked about our house. We said, we're fine. And he said, well, I, I have some people trapped in a building. Um, can you help us? And I went, and I told Cindy, take them to the hospital. I'll go down and see if I can help them. Um, it was not until later that I realized it was not anything like what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, you know, one of, in, in, in the package of stories we have coming this weekend, there's a pretty harrowing tale that, uh, that, that Dave Perozic, the reporter who, who wrote the story, um, uh, relates um, about the two hospitals in Joplin where one was basically destroyed and the other one was slightly damaged but still operational but had no power and and just the crush of people who suddenly showed up and they called in you know every doctor and every nurse they could find uh to treat you know hundreds of people who were injured or you know seriously injured yeah you you can't imagine i mean for people in northwest arkansas this tornado was was a quarter of a little over a quarter mile wide and that's why when when i say you couldn't see what it was when i was looking down west it was a cloud. Yeah, I it it was it real. I realized later on that it, that cloud was the tornado. Yeah, it was, was so wall. wide in my view that I could not see that mm-hmm. that was a complete tornado. Yeah, uh, because later when we got into the neighborhood, we realized that the swath was incredibly wide. Yeah, um, and so yeah. But I ended up ended up at the at the uh, nursing home. Mm-hmm. Greenbrier, where most of the people had died. Mm-hmm. It was the mo- largest group of people that died. Yeah. It's just astounding uh, to, to hear tales like that. And it's still pretty vivid in your mind, too, I can tell 10 years later. That uh, yeah, it was, it, it's, you know, I, I went back there uh, to photograph for David's story. And um, uh, it's interesting to go back to that site because um, it's just a blanket field now. Um, and I was, I, I was running down the street yelling, you know, I hear that somebody's trapped. And mm-hmm. I got to a certain point, and this woman yells to me over here, and I walk up, and there's just a pile mm-hmm. um, of debris about 10 feet high. And, she's, and, I, and she goes, it's here, it's here. And I said, what is this? And she said, it's a nursing home. Oh, man. And I went, uh, where is everybody? And she goes, they're inside. Oh, boy. Um, it was overwhelming mm-hmm. to realize that there were people under the rubble. Yeah. And I was the only one standing there at the time, and some other people started coming up, but it was like, what do you do? Yeah. Um, and then we slowly, we slowly started, started digging and, and trying to get, get people out. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we ended up pulling six or seven people out, and by the end of the night, we ended up, uh, Cindy came back and helped, uh, but we ended up pulling out six bodies that, of yeah. people that died. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, so 
you know, you were you were there and started working immediately to 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 try to help within hours. And this is something that's also reflected in Dave's story, and also you know Tracy Neal also worked on this. Um, you know, within hours there were first responders from Rogers, Bentonville, Springdale, Fayetteville, uh, all over Northwest Arkansas who you know were they were in Joplin before the sun went down uh, right. to, to to start. So the the volunteer response was pretty overwhelming. Uh, mm. uh, so, what do you what do you recall about that? Seeing all these people I, flocking to Joplin to, to to try to lend a hand. I remember at one point when we found these people uh, trapped in one section of the building. Um, there were some people that had come up to. There was a church next door, and they were from the church, and they had gone to come to see how the church was. And when they saw that there were people trapped, they came over. And I remember I had to kind of tell them because they were standing on. On, on what was once walls mm-hmm. that had been slammed. There were, the, the nursing home was in the shape of an H. And basically what had happened was is the, the far west part had slammed into the east part. Mm-hmm. And when the tornado started hitting, they had moved all of the residents, a majority of the residents, mm-hmm. into hallways. Mm-hmm. And um, those hallways collapsed. Oh. Surprisingly, and this is something that's interesting about Joplin, I think, for a lot of people, uh, people that I talked to later that worked on rescues Mm -hmm. and people who worked on recovery, um, Joplin was a great tool when it came to realizing certain things you needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that most people don't realize is after a tornado, if a building collapses, one of the main things that causes a problem to be able to rescue people is the wiring. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I ran into this problem because I was trying to get this person from underneath the door, and I could not get all the electrical wiring mm-hmm. that basically acted like a net mm-hmm. off the door to be able to get the door off the person to get to them, and I had no wire cutters. Yeah. Um, so we had to figure out ways, and eventually people started showing up that had tools like that mm-hmm. um, that helped us, but um, it was at times it was really, really difficult. And Spencer, I know you know because of what you do for a living. You've been a news photographer for many years, and 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 you know you've you've had to shoot photos at disaster scenes uh, frequently in your career. Um, you know, I, give us a sense. How, was this the worst thing you'd ever seen as far as as far as disaster goes? Um, yeah, when Joplin came along, that was I had probably been to twenty. I think I figured out it was around twenty different tornadoes. Um, and that one was probably was definitively the worst. Yeah. Um, one of the other ones was the was the uh, Fort Smith mm-hmm. tornado, and then the one that hit Little Rock was pretty bad. Yeah. But you you asked earlier about the about the uh, all the uh, rescue people that yes. came in from around. Right. By the end of the night, and I had been there for maybe two hours, mm-hmm. um, and I had not seen any firemen. And I saw the firemen, and then I walked over, and then there was Cindy, and they were trying to get what I realized was a, they had found a body, mm-hmm. and they were trying to uncover it. And when I walked up, I kind of said, um, guys, this is, a, this, it, and this is a hallway. And I remember the firemen looking up at me and saying, what? And I said, and I yelled down to the woman who I'd spoken with earlier who told me it was a nursing home, and I said, is this one of the hallways? And she said, yes. And I turned to the firemen, and I said, I think there are going to be more people down this row. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what do you think we should do next? And I go, we need to get a backhoe in here. We need to get something mm-hmm. to be able to pull this stuff off, because it was a huge pile. Right. A few minutes later, um, 
uh, a backhoe appeared. Wow. And, uh, and they started slowly doing mm. it. And I remember by the end of the evening, it was really interesting because I only remember the three firemen mm-hmm. and a guy walking around checking the rest of the, the building area and Cindy and me and maybe 10 or 15 other people that were milling around trying to help. The backhoe came in and was, we found another body. And I remember watching as the sunset was going down because I was looking out south and it was a beautiful sunset mm-hmm. with, the, with the rim of the blue, blue yeah. light. And you could see the rain in the distance and stuff. Yeah. And as we were working with the body, I remember turning around and realizing there was a whole line of rescue people now. Mm-hmm. There was an ambulance. There was a, a fire truck. There was all these people. Mm-hmm. And then later we realized this was the largest area that they, yeah. I think, 11 people had died at that nursing home. Yeah. It was just interesting because you turn around and you realize, oh, my gosh, all these other people are here. Yeah. Um, and you didn't, you, you're so focused on, on what you're doing, you just didn't realize. Yeah. Well, of course, the cleanup and the recovery went on for, for you know, the cleanup went on for, for weeks and weeks, and then, of course, the recovery went on for years, um, and, and uh, Joplin's uh, uh, looks completely different than it did 10 years ago. Uh, uh, yeah. You, you were up recently to take some photos for this package, so what were some of the things that struck you about how different things are now? It's, it's interesting because that, the neighborhood near the, near the hospital, uh, the hospital now where the hospital used to be mm-hmm. um, is a beautiful park. Mm-hmm. Um, they have put like some beautiful sculptures and uh, and stuff, and they've moved mm-hmm. the hospital further away. I think. Yeah. Um, and then built a built an entirely new hospital. Right. One, the and um, I'm going to misspeak about which one it, it which one it was. So I'm not going to say which, the name of the hospital, but uh, uh, one of the it was completely destroyed by the. Right. by the storm and they had to build an, a new one from scratch right. on a different location. So. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. It, uh, and then, but that neighborhood was an old neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The houses were really old. It was, uh, now you see much newer homes. I mean, they're not very old at all. But the thing is, is that it's interesting because there are still lots that are empty. Mm-hmm. There are still, you can see that something had happened. Yeah. And then when you get near the school, their school is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's huge, and it's a beautiful school. But even the neighborhoods around that, they're all about the same age houses. Um, but there are lots that are cleared. Yeah. Um, the, the high, uh, 20, I think 24th Street, that road is new. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it has a giant overpass. Yeah. Which, I, when I drove over it, I used it to photograph some of the neighborhoods yeah. and stuff. And... Um, and it's really weird because I kept thinking, I don't think this was here before. Yeah. Because I, I went back several times to help uh, clean up. Yeah. What a uh, what a what a harrowing tale uh, of, of that of that evening in the in the aftermath. So, um, Spencer, thanks for spending a few minutes and tell us mm-hmm. about your experience. I know it's not fun to relive some of that part some of that. So thank you for for doing that. I just want to remind our listeners that we we do have a story and a package of photos publishing Saturday online and in our replica edition about the Joplin tornado, the 10-year anniversary. Uh, Dave Perozic, one of our editors and, re- and reporters, uh, worked on the story, as did Tracy Neal, another one of our reporters. Spencer uh, provided photographs, and of course we have historical photographs from, the, from, the, from, our, uh, from our newspapers from the, uh, from the time uh, this event took place. So uh, uh, I encourage you folks to take a look uh, at our coverage Saturday of the anniversary of the Joplin tornado. Um, thanks again, Spencer. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you.
There are a number of other stories that we have coming this weekend we think you'll be interested in. So check out Stacy Ryburn's story about the completion of a 12-mile trail loop that encircles much of Fayetteville. Mary Jordan will have a story about the first graduating class of Ozark Catholic Academy, the region's only Catholic high school. We'll check on the progress of the construction of Walmart's drone delivery launch pad in Pea Ridge. That ought to be fun. In Profiles, meet Mario Troncasso, a filmmaker from Bentonville who is working to create a streaming series highlighting the arts and culture scene in northwest Arkansas. In Sports, we'll keep you updated on the state championship games involving local teams in high school soccer, baseball, and softball. And we'll have the results of the Razorback baseball team season-ending series with Florida, as well as coverage of the Fayetteville Regional of the NCAA softball tournament that's also here in Fayetteville featuring the Razorbacks. This and much more is available at our website, nwaonline.com, or on our Replica app for smartphone and tablet. Subscribers can get all access to all of that content, and if you're not a subscriber, you can be. Just click on the subscribe button on, the, on our website or call us at 479-684-5509. Again, my name is Rusty Turner. I'm your host today for Know the News. Join us again next week for another edition. Mm-hmm.